0: back to a bit of fun with Emily. It's me, your host Emily. I am glad you're here. We're in the break between season 4 where we talked about romantic comedies and season 5 where we're going to visit the world of Jim Henson's creations. Yes. A bit of pop culture whiplash and to make it even weirder, this week we're talking about the one, The Only, The Queen Dolly Parton. It is Dolly Parton Appreciation Week. I have had this plan for a while, but it's a bit of serendipity that it falls just a few weeks or so after the release of her book with James Patterson because Dolly's face is just everywhere right now. It's actually been everywhere for the last couple of years. I have mixed feelings about the pairing of Patterson and Parton. (laughs) That was a tongue twister. Patterson is an interesting conversation. On one hand, I really respect his passion for literacy and the work he does to talk about literacy culture in schools and the assistance he gives to schools and teachers with the goal of improving students' reading levels. On the other hand, I kind of feel the more prolific of a writer you become, the lower the quality of storytelling. When you are pushing out multiple books in one year, are you really giving the time and effort to character development Uh, Or is it just all plot driven? I'm personally not a big fan. I do own up to the fact that I've not given his books the good old college try, but I'm okay with that. He has his readers, and they are very supportive of his works. That being said, I'm sure I'll read this one. In fact, I do believe my digital audiobook came in on Libby, so I will be listening to it because rumor has it that Dolly has lent her voice to parts of the audiobook. So yeah, that's going to be happening. Well, I have long appreciated the musical talents of Dolly Parton, my pseudo-obsession, and that's what we're going to call it, we're calling it a pseudo-obsession, um, didn't start until I watched the Ken Burns country music documentary that came out a few years ago. I was trying to remember and just got lazy and didn't look it up. I feel like it was 2019 or 2020. I highly recommend a viewing if you haven't watched it yet. Um, it not only kicked off my dolly parton deep dive but also just a deep appreciation for country music specifically the like the 40s 50s and 60s if you look at my vinyl record collection it's dolly parton dean martin and then just a lot of random 60s country stars i liked country in the 50s and 60s And I liked country music in the 90s, but I don't really (laughs) like it outside of those time periods, which is interesting. So the documentary, though, is a story of the origins and foundation of country music. And it's fascinating because it's really just a story of culture and economy. Um, I had this great professor in college that talked about history as just kind of being... People in a specific place and time the, the history is really just people and that is what this kind of does it takes these people that created this musical culture it, it it was really really good and just how the different really kind of by decade and stage and how it started one way and then kind of has become something completely different almost a juggernaut a, you know a mainstream juggernaut it's it's really an interesting documentary i highly recommend it That's, of course, where Dolly shows up in Nashville, Tennessee in the 1960s, a young woman who grew up in a large, poor family in the mountains of Tennessee. So after the documentary, I started listening to her music in a big way, going album by album through all of her, through her discography, watching everything I could get my hands on that told me more about her story. And it's a very sweet story about a woman who just really worked hard, (laughs) worked really, really hard. And then along came the podcast, Dolly Parton's America, another great listen, if you have the time. It's not a lot of episodes, maybe eight, eight to 10, I think, I can't quite remember. But the basic premise is awesome. That the reality of our country being severely divided about just about everything, except one thing. And that's Dolly Parton. How is it possible that not only has this, I'm going to call her a special unicorn, had the career she's had, but has also managed to remain uncontroversial and universally loved. That kind of that podcast really just skyrocketed the pseudo obsession. It's really an obsession, guys, but we're calling it a pseudo one, <laughs> which led to me then power grabbing Dolly vinyl records whenever I can find them, and then finally a trip to Pigeon Forge to Sevierville, Tennessee, to Dollywood last May. The records are hard to come by. I do keep my eye on several sites just waiting for them to pop up. There's a few that I would really like to have. Um, there was one magical day about a week after I had to say goodbye to my beloved dog Luna, but I stumbled into a half-priced books just kind of looking for a distraction <laughs> for from my sadness, and because a bookstore will help me with that. And I found nine Dolly Parton albums just sitting there waiting to be bought. And I actually calling my mother almost hyperventilating, whispering Screaming, if that's a thing, can you whisper scream into the phone about, Oh my goodness, Mother, you're never going to believe this. Mom, Mom, should I get them all? Should I get them all? She's like, You're never going to find them again. When they come up, you got to get them. So I did. I bought them. I bought them all. It was just the best kind of retail therapy, actually. And then as for Dollywood, there was a special day. There's a podcaster, Annie F. Downs, that I really enjoy listening to. And she was having a special day at Dollywood. Thought that was the perfect chance I'd been wanting to go. And then I'd get to see Annie F. Downs, too. So I called up my friend Kendra, who lives in Florida. She was going to meet me in Knoxville, and we were going to go. And it was magical. There's a replica of Dolly's family mountain home. It's so small, so small. And I know that there's probably a big age gap between siblings. She had like 12 siblings or something that they weren't all in the house at the same time but man this house was small and there's cinnamon bread in the park and a museum full of memorabilia and costumes and pictures and she's got a tour bus that you can hop on and kind of see how she lived on the on the road oh it was so cool there's also roller coasters but that's just not why i was there i think we rode two and we're like are we done with this yeah That's how you know you're getting old. Because I did. Man, I loved roller coasters once upon a time. Now I'm like, my whole body hurts. How did that happen? We're getting off topic. There is so much to love about Dolly. Her flamboyant, kind of vibrant personality. Her self-deprecating yet confident humor. Not everyone can pull that off, but she does it very well. Her love of story and the way that she brings life into her music in that way. Her support of literacy and the imagination library that gets books into the hands of kids all across the country. The story of how that started is just amazing. Her father who couldn't read. It, it, it's a beautiful story. The way she built an amusement park to not only bring families together, but to support the community she grew up in. The way she just dove in and donated millions of dollars for a COVID vaccine. The way she loves and respects all of her fans, no matter what walk of life they are traveling. The way she respects and honors her roots. The way she built a career in a man's world and did things on her own terms, writing lyrics that were honest and heartfelt and brutal at times. The way she's still doing all of these things. She's still out there breaking down glass ceilings and proving to the world that you're never too old to be doing what you love. I mean, the woman is a legend. And that's why she gets her own Appreciation Week. So today, I thought it would be fun to talk about some of her music, my favorites. And then on Friday, we'll go through her film career, which, it's not great. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It's not great. But do I love all the movies? Yes. Yes, I do. Because as we've really come to terms with in this podcast I have questionable pop culture tastes and I'm okay with that because I live very happily on this side loving things that are horrible as you'll see in my list of favorites Dolly has a range of lyrics from the whimsical and fun to the narrative and depressing. She can sing about bubbling over one minute with love and the next tell the story of a young woman who takes her life on a bridge. Then she'll sing a beautiful song filled with faith and worship and follow it up with a cheating husband who has fallen for a red-haired hussy. She's all over the place and that's one of the reasons why I like her so much. She doesn't have a lane. She does country, she does pop, she does bluegrass, she's never like it's never a reinvention of her because she'll go back to what back to those roots again every once in a while it's just an exploration of a new sound because at the core of all of those musical seasons is a sweet southern voice that is honest and funny and complicated so without further ado Here are my top 15 Dolly Parton songs in no particular order, and I will do my darndest not to sing because I would like you to continue to listen to the podcast. We're so close to season five where we get to talk about the Muppets, and I just know that the sound of my pitchy and tone-deaf lilt is enough to turn a person away forever. I can't promise, though. These songs are very catchy, guys, so if it just happens, it happens, and we're just going to pretend it didn't and move on with our lives. Song number one from Dolly's debut album, Hello, I'm Dolly. It's one of the vinyls that I love to get my hands on. It is a little song about a woman with a broken heart who has some feelings about her ex marrying another woman. And it's called, I Don't, <laughs> I Don't Want to Throw Rice. The lyrics go, she married the one I love today. When my back was turned, she took him away. Now, while they're all outside waiting to throw rice, what I want to throw will surely black her eyes because I don't want to throw rice. I want to throw rocks at her. Such a sweet song. My favorite line kind of intensifies with the desire for rage, because all is fair in love and war. Maybe I'm carrying this too far, but I feel like tying dynamite to her side of the car. Dolly, just a woman keeping it real. The album peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart and spawned two top 40 hits. Dumb Blonde, just because I'm blonde, don't think I'm dumb, because this dumb blonde ain't is fool. See, I did it. Sorry. Sorry. And something fishy, I think that I'm a sucker that's swallowing your line. I try to make myself believe that it's all in my mind, but you never asked me if I'd like to go along, so there must be something fishy going on. You know, a good pun never hurt anyone. Song number two. The next song is the title song from her 1968 second solo studio album, Just Because I'm a Woman. The title track was the only single released, and it peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Hot Country Singles chart. Just Because I'm a Woman. Now, a man will take a good girl, and he'll ruin her reputation, but when he wants to marry, well, that's a different situation. He'll just walk off and leave her to do the best she can, while he looks for an angel to wear his wedding band. Now, I know that I'm no angel, if that's what you thought you'd found. I was just the victim of a man that let me down. Yes, I've made my mistakes, but listen and understand. My mistakes are no worse than yours, just because I'm a woman. This isn't the only time that Dolly sings about a double standard. A lot of her songs kind of call out inequities in society and have a strong feminist motif, I guess, if that's what we want to call it. This is just one of my favorites. I really like that one. Song number three. We're skipping ahead to her fifth solo album that was released in February of 1970. It's called The Fairest of Them All, and I just want to pause for one moment here because even if you don't like... 60s and 70s country music. If Dolly Parton music is not your thing, I still highly recommend looking up her album covers because they are a thing of beauty and awkwardness. This one in particular is one of my favorites. She's sitting in a chair and you see the back of her, but she's looking into a mirror because it's called the fairest of them all. it's, it's awkward. There's lots of flowers. She's always in pink. She's always got her beautiful wigged hair on. Just please look it up sometime. It, it'll be worth your two minutes on Google image searches. So it peaked at number 13 on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart. This one wasn't released as a single and fair warning. It is one of her depressing narrative songs, despite the fact that it's on the Goofy Album Covered album. Let me say that again. It's not happy, but it definitely shows off Dolly's talents at storytelling. In several of the documentaries, she talked about how her mother loved passing down songs from the old country. I don't really know what the old country was, where specifically that was, but, um, it was usually about a person or a place with a full plot and great melody. And this song is definitely along that line. You can see again, her kind of in tune to her roots and what she was raised on, This song kind of really fits with that well. It's called Down from Dover. I know this dress I'm wearing doesn't hide the secret I have tried concealing. When he left, he promised me he'd be back. By the time it was revealing, the sun behind a cloud just cast the crawling shadow over the fields of clover. And time is running out for me. I wish that he would hurry down from Dover. So it's about a young girl who finds herself pregnant and the guy has left. He he promises that he's going to be back. The story song goes on with this young lady's parents ashamed of her situation. So she goes to stay with an old woman who doesn't ask a lot of questions. And the girl just, all the girl wants is her parents to share her new address with this boy when he gets back down from Dover. But the guy never shows up. She's heartbroken. And when she has the baby, it's stillborn. My body aches, the time is near, it's lonely in this place where I'm lying. Our baby has been born, but something's wrong, it's too still, I hear no crying. I guess in some strange way she knew she'd never have a father's arms to hold her, so dying was her way of telling me he wasn't coming down from Dover. Told ya, it's a downer, but it's a good one. Song number four. The next song came out in 1971 on the Coat of Many Colors album, The album was nominated for Album of the Year at the 1972 CMAs. It also appeared on Time Magazine's list of the 100 Greatest Albums of All Time and currently sits at number 257 on Rolling Stone's 2020 list of the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. The correct choice for this album would probably or should probably be the title track, A Code of Many Colors, which is autobiographical and heartbreaking and sweet, She even made a movie out of it. But I'm going to go with track number seven, Early Morning Breeze. I open up my door to greet the early morning sun, closing it behind me, and away I do run, to the meadow where the meadowlark is singing in the tree, in the meadow I go walking in the early morning breeze. I cut my hands to catch a multicolored butterfly, and it kind of goes on, but then it goes, Misty-eyed, I look about the meadow where I stray, for it's there I find the courage to greet the coming day. For there among the flowers I kneel gently to my knees to have a word with God in the early morning breeze. So nature sneaks into her songs a lot. Flowers, butterflies, sunrises, sunsets. You can tell she's a country girl at heart. Which I really, I really like that too. She sings a lot about flowers and butterflies. A quick recap before moving on. And this was a little tidbit that I like messaged I felt like 20 people because I just found it fascinating this how amazing she is at what she does and how quickly uh the fame came to her the successes came to her even though well let me just tell you her first solo album was in 1967 1967 Dolly was only 21 years old she was born in 46 so she gets to Nashville she releases her first solo album 1967 By 1973, six years later, just six years, she's released 12 solo albums, 12, almost like two a year, right? Nowadays, somebody like, I don't know, we're just going to throw a name out there. Let's say Justin Timberlake. He will release an album every five to 10 years. And this woman was releasing two albums a year. That's insane. But on top of that, she was also on nine separate albums with country music and TV legend Porter Wagoner. So she did nine albums with her him plus she was on his TV show. And at the ripe old age of 25, 25 she releases an album that is considered one of the best of all time. That is just it's it's so impressive. I wonder if she ever worried like did I did I peak too early and she didn't cuz look at the career she is still having today. But that would have to have been overwhelming, probably not as much as it would today with social media and all of this idea of fame that is much different, I think, than it was back in the 1960s and 70s. But but wow. Wow. Okay. That was just a, a little break to just let me wow over her. Song number five from her 1972 album, Touch Your Woman, A Little at a Time. I'm just an average working girl trying to get along in this old world, looking for that rich man I might find. But up till now, the times are hard. I'm living on my credit card and paying for a life little at a time. It's one of her down-to-earth songs, but a song about a woman making it on her own, which I really like. Um, Just basically talking about living off your credit cards and paying a little at a time. She also has this great song called, um, the bargain store so it's about like thrift stores and going to bargain stores to buy things that that she just writes about life it's not these always these deep philosophical things occasionally we get a song from her like that but it's mostly you know like she's living her life she's she's an observer and you see that a lot in comedians too how they can take pieces of real life and turn it into comedy and here she's doing that with songs song number six Bubbling over, see, it's coming back to bubbling over. The title track from her second album in 1973. Sometimes in this one, I start to talk with Southern accent. I'm gonna <laughs> hoping I don't do that here. You're the one that puts the spark in my eyes. You're the one that puts the laughter in my smile. You're the one that puts the meaning in my life. And I'm bubbling over, bubbling over, <laughs> bubbling over because you're mine. Bubbling over with the joy that only love can bring. Bubbling over with the song you taught my heart to sing. I love. How Dolly uses words and phrase that you wouldn't phrases that you wouldn't expect to pop up in a song. Are they cheesy? Yes, they are. I mean, bubbling over is just and the way she says it incessantly in the in the song. But is it fun? It's always fun. Yes, yes, it's fun. Song number seven. And that gets us to nineteen seventy-four and her thirteenth solo album, Jolene. The first Dolly album I bought. There's a few re-releases in the track listing, but overall, it's probably my favorite album. And the seventh spot has to go to Jolene. has to. It has to. Your beauty is beyond compare with flaming locks of auburn hair with ivory skin and eyes of emerald green. Your smile's like a breath of spring. Your voice is soft like summer rain. And I cannot compete with you, Jolene. When she's on stage, I've seen, you know, all these documentaries, they'll have little clips of her, actually performing, entertaining. And when she's on stage, she tells the story of her husband kind of batting eyes at the woman at the bank. Whether or not that's true is probably debatable, but it makes for a great and memorable song. And it's such a, it's a simple song too, because half of it, she's just saying this person's name, but it's the, I don't know, the way she can write a melody is, is pretty fantastic. Song number eight, same album, River of Happiness. Somewhere a river of happiness flows. Will sit on its banks while the warm breezes blow. Somewhere there's a garden where only love grows. Somewhere a river of happiness flows. That's one where just the imagery, I've always really liked that. Uh, I think maybe too, I've fallen in love with country s- mountain streams. Um, last few trips we've taken, we've kind of ended up in the mountains. And just driving by a mountain stream is just absolutely beautiful. So I just kind of think of that every time I hear this song. Song number nine. Same album. (laughs) Highlight of my life. Darling, you're the highlight of my life. You're the one that makes it all worthwhile. You're the one that taught me how to smile. Darling, you're the highlight of my life. You're a part of every dream I dream. You're my love, my life, my everything. I'll never love another. How could I? When, darling, you are the highlight of my life. This one gets stuck in my head a lot. I am the type of person that um conducts to the music playing in my head. So for those wonderful people I work with, uh I they'll see my hands going. I don't know how to conduct really, but I just I am conducting and this one uh whether they know it or not, I'm conducting a lot in my head. Yeah. Just, you know, little tidbits about me that are weird. That's fine. All of these great songs and we're only in the 1970s. <sighs> just and it's it's 2022 and she's still releasing music, just released a new album to go along with the, the James Patterson book. Anyway, so Dolly has released 52 studio albums that might be 53 now with this new one that came out, 48 of which were solo endeavors. She also released two with Emmylou Harris and Ro- Linda Ronstadt. One of the songs coming up comes from one of those albums, one with Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette and one with Kenny Rogers. And again, that doesn't include all of the albums she made with Porter Wagoner. So just there there was a lot to choose from for this list. We're we're getting through them, though. Number 10, The Seeker from her 1975 self-titled album, 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 Dolly. I am a seeker, a poor, sinful creature. There is no weaker than I am. I am a seeker and you are a teacher. You are a reacher, so reach down. Reach out and lead me, guide me and keep me in the shelter of your care each day. Because I am a seeker, and you are a keeper. You are the leader. Won't you show me the way? According to Wikipedia, Billboard published a review calling that particular album Dolly, a collection of Dolly's favorite love songs. She wrote all of the tunes and is one of the better writers around. Truth, Billboard. Truth. (laughs) Song number 11, Light of a Clear Blue Morning from her 18th solo album, but first self-produced album as well as her first ever aimed specifically at the pop chart charts. It's been a long, dark night, and I've been waiting for the morning. It's been a long, hard fight, but I see a brand new day of dawning I've been looking for the sunshine, you know I ain't seen it in so long, but everything's going to be everything's going to work out just fine, and everything's going to be all right. That's been all wrong cause I can see the light of a clear blue morning. I can see the light of a brand new day, I can see the light of a clear blue morning oh, and everything's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. That one's a good one to play before you go to bed at night. If you're having a hard day and you're just like, I just don't want to get up and do it again tomorrow. Play that one. It'll make you feel better because you know, there's the light of a clear blue morning just on the other side of the evening. That was, sorry, that was cheesy. (laughs) Song number 12, Wildflowers. And this is from that 1987 With Linda Ronstadt and Emmy Lou Harris, called Trio. And again, it's more flowers. She sings a lot about flowers and butterflies. The hills were alive with wild flowers, and I was as wild, even wilder than they. For at least I could run. They just died in the sun, and I refused to just wither in place. Just a wild mountain rose needing freedom to grow, so I ran, fearing not where I'd go. When a flower grows wild, it can always survive. Wild flowers don't care where they grow. I like that one too, that, you know, it's kind of that she grew up in a small town, but she wanted something bigger and she went out and did it. And that song kind of says that. Billboard published a different review in the issue dated March 14th, 1987, which said, if the new traditionalists in country music still have a body of work to draw from, it's largely because these three celestial songbirds, and again, that's Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, and Emmylou Harris. Kept it alive and vibrant throughout the adulterated 70s. But the members of the trio are not resting on their reputations here. Their album is stunningly beautiful on every cut. Highly recommend checking that one out. Number 13. We're almost done, guys. Number 13. Little Sparrow from her 38th solo studio album of the same name that came out in 2001. The album received a Grammy nomination for Best Bluegrass Album. Little Sparrow, Little Sparrow. Precious fragile little thing, little sparrow, little sparrow, flies so high and feels no pain. All ye maidens, heed my warning, never trust the hearts of men. They will crush you like a sparrow, leaving you to never mend. Again, not a not a happy one. But she does this one almost a cappella at times. It's beautiful to hear I- she has a, she has a beautiful voice. I mean, despite all of it, she has power behind her voice. Sometimes she does a lot of songs where she ends up talking and whispering. Those are not my favorite. The one about little Andy, I'm like, Ugh, not my favorite, but this one where it's just her voice, it's, it's beautiful. Song number 14 is going to go to nine to five. In addition to appearing on the film soundtrack, the song was the centerpiece of The album Nine to Five and Odd Jobs, which came out in 1980. The song was released as a single in November of that same year. And the song got her an Academy Award nomination and four Grammy Award nominations, winning her the awards for Best Country Song and Best Country Vocal Performance by a Female. And there's a great, there's interviews out there, I forget who she was talking to, but At the beginning of the song, you hear this, what sounds like a typewriter, but it's really her hitting her acrylic nails together. Well, I tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition. I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to sing. Yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the street. The traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. That's another, that's a good wake up song. Get you motivated. Just turn that on real loud in the morning. So you play Clear Blue Morning, Light of a Clear Blue Morning at night. So it, you're just bookending. You're bookending an evening. <laughs> you rest with Dolly Parton and everything's going to turn out great. And the final song, number 15, is going to go to a song that Dolly didn't write. And many have sung before her, but I just love her rendition so much. It's making the list and that's going to go. And they actually talk about this song quite a bit in the Ken Burns documentary. It's called Mule Skinner Blues. And it goes, good morning, captain. Good morning, shine. Do you need another Mule Skinner out on your new mud line? And then it's followed by some yodeling, which I think is most of its charm. But it's that it's a... I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It's It's not country music as we know it today. It was that kind of mountainy country music uh that had a lot of a lot of the banjo almost bluegrass, I don't know. I'm not great about talking about music. Uh I just I uh, love it, but again, I have no talent in it. But it it has it does have the old school feel, the old world feel, um of kind of the deep mountain sound, which I really like. So you should look that up too. So that's it. That's it. That those are a few of my favorite Dolly Parton songs. Again, fifty-two, maybe fifty-three albums at this point. There's a lot to choose from. If you have a favorite, I would love to hear about it. Please tell me. Comment on it. I'll I'll be posting on the, the socials. Let me know. I would love to hear what your favorite Dolly Parton song is. And if you haven't spent time with Dolly lyrics, I encourage you to do so. But that is all for today. On Friday, we're going to talk about three of her movie performances. I don't know if they're really worth discussing, but I want to discuss them. Nine to Five, Rhinestone, and of course, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Thank you so much for listening. It is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time... It would be awesome if you could rate and review so that other individuals who like weird and random conversations about pop culture with someone who doesn't, as we can tell, really know what they're talking about, but just really likes to talk about it, then, you know, those people can join in on the fun as well. Or if you want to share the podcast, that would be awesome too. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as A Bit of Fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today. Go listen to some Dolly Parton and I will see you next time.